Vox Quick Hits. The debate around cancel culture is truly exhausting. Who's canceled? Why they're canceled? What being canceled even means? And yet, cancel culture is supposedly everywhere. Ellen DeGeneres, The Bachelor, Harry Potter, and even Dr. Seuss have all been supposedly quote-unquote canceled. Cancel culture began as a way to hold powerful people accountable. But over time, it's been warped into something that's sometimes unrecognizable. Personalities on Fox News claim that the woke mob is coming to cancel the 4th of July in one breath, and then in the next, try to cancel Major League Baseball. But just because the conversation can be silly doesn't mean that it's not important. Asia Romano is an internet culture writer for Vox. They're here to discuss the culture of cancel culture. So, Asia, what is cancel culture? And I guess, maybe more importantly, what isn't it? In a nutshell, cancel culture is this idea that's entered the mainstream within the last five to six years that holds that you can potentially, quote unquote, cancel an entire person by boycotting their public platform, refusing to give them an audience, and essentially collectively ejecting them from the public sphere. Does that make sense? Yeah. So he's like, you're put in like social jail. Yeah. And I think there are a couple of different ways this term can be interpreted because like you have to think about cancel culture as a phrase. People who initially went around canceling celebrities and public figures weren't identifying this as like a movement, right? Mm -hmm. It operates on an individual as well as a collective level. So like on an individual level, you can just be like, I am going to deny this person influence over me and I'm going to refuse to listen to them. I'm going to refuse to buy their merchandise, their products. When that operates on a collective level within a community, it starts to have uh, roots based in the civil rights boycotts of the 60s. And in fact, cancel, the idea of canceling a person as a concept originally rose within the Black community on social media. The origin of the idea of canceling a person starts in 1991 with the film New Jack City. Cancel that bitch. Wesley Snipes has a line about canceling one of his girlfriends. Uh, and, it, and it sort of percolated within Black culture for, uh, you know, like 20 years. And then pops up around late 2015. 14, um, in an episode of Love and Hip Hop New York. Wow. Uh, <laughs> where one of the cast members basically tells his girlfriend, you're canceled. And <laughs> her reaction, if you've ever seen this episode, her reaction is priceless. She's just like, canceled? <laughs> she has no idea what it means. You canceled. Canceled? You got me up. I'm not going nowhere. You canceled. You canceled. You canceled. And it was just this great moment that started to circulate within Black social media. And suddenly this idea sort of caught on and gained steam throughout 2015 and then has gradually entered the mainstream over the last five years. So as it's entered the mainstream, of course, the idea has evolved rapidly and has been weaponized in many ways, especially by the right wing and conservatives who are using it as a sort of... um, mass hysteria, social panic to essentially argue that left-wing liberals and progressives and communists and whoever else you want to toss in there are coming for you, coming for your jobs, coming for your careers, coming for your livelihoods. 
and uh, are essentially going to ruin your life. And now, obviously, it's warped into something quite different on the right. And I do want to dig into that a little bit, because when we talk about cancel culture, at least lately in politics, it really seems like something that Republicans talk about a lot. Democrats are coming from your hot dog and your 4th of July and Dr. Seuss. <laughs> can you explain a little bit of what's going on there? You can think about it as, as sort of having a kinship with the idea of the way we think about the word woke and mm. quote-unquote woke politics. They're both part of this general idea that as left-wing politics have gotten more progressive and more polarized, conservatives have sarcastically weaponized terms that basically originated within Black communities. Both the the term woke and the term cancel originated within Black communities as a way Mm -hmm. of speaking truth to power, as a way of articulating community ideas about their own marginalization, right? And power and who has it and how to hold people and authority figures accountable, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But both of these ideas have been essentially weaponized by the right and used against the people who originated these terms as a way to defend themselves. So there's a lot Mm -hmm. of misdirection and um, manipulation, especially emotional manipulation, right, around the idea that these words are somehow harmful. And you asked initially what cancel culture isn't. And I think um, (laughs) the, the most important thing is to point out is there are actually very, very few instances in which someone in, with power and authority has actually been fully canceled, quote unquote, by collective social media, you know, attempts to hold them accountable for their actions. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, a lot of people get canceled and then continue on their lives. Right, right. But what we're really seeing, especially within the last six to nine months, is that not only are Republicans weaponizing all of this alarm and hysteria, they're actually literally making laws to, I guess, boycott or prevent what they see as attempts by progressives to enact cancel culture. Mm -hmm. We've seen a number of laws being introduced at the state level throughout numerous states. Uh, They do a range of things, but the biggest thing that people have been attempting to do is to defund public universities or prevent public universities from teaching things that are perceived to be part of the left-wing agenda. So things like the 1619 Project, things like uh, systemic racism and systemic sexism are basically coming under attack and being targeted for censorship by Republican legislatures, which is ironic because the thing that they purport to fear is the quote-unquote censorship that cancel culture will supposedly bring. Mm -hmm. So kind of the canceled are trying to be the cancelers in a way. Exactly. I am sort of curious, does anyone ever actually face long-term consequences after being supposedly canceled? Well, I think the most prominent examples that come to mind are people who have actually faced legal consequences because they've broken the law. Harvey Weinstein is probably one of the most prominent examples. People like Weinstein and Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, people who committed serious, serious crimes, right? Mm-hmm. And even people who may not have seen actual jail time, but who have established criminal activity, like Kevin Spacey, his career is over. Like, <laughs> like when it's something that's super, super serious, the the mechanism kicks into effect without anyone really 
taking up too much of fuss about whether this person deserves to be canceled, right? Like nobody's going to argue that Kevin Spacey should still have a career, right? Like it's just not happening. But when you get into the issue of other people, a lot of times people who have been quote unquote canceled actually still had plenty of power. They were never officially fired or they were never officially censored by their, well, in a lot of cases, public figures don't actually have bosses or people that mm-hmm. who, that oversee them, right? So for instance, Ellen DeGeneres, last week she announced that she would no longer be continuing new seasons of the Ellen DeGeneres show, which was once really, really popular, but has since come in under all kinds of backlash within the last two years as she has been revealed to allegedly be very abusive towards staff and so forth. And so this has been a situation where uh, many right-wing Uh, pundits and so forth have accused her own fans of quote-unquote canceling her. But in fact, she has maintained control over her show and has had autonomy over the decision-making process for pretty much the entire time. So I think it's really hard to say that she's been canceled in the sense that the term usually gets tossed around. Same thing with someone like J.K. Rowling. The author of Harry Potter. Yes. She has come under if you, if you haven't been paying attention, within the last year, she's come under huge, huge critical backlash from many of her fans for basically promoting a very transphobic and transmisogynistic agenda, which has obviously been very hurtful to a lot of people. I think you might look at that and argue, well, this is someone who obviously has been canceled, but in fact, she's had two best-selling books that have been published in the last year. So... She very much has not been canceled. She still has millions and millions of followers and fans on social media and so forth. So her platform has in no way been diminished. And in fact, in Britain, after her latest transphobic manifesto last June was published, her sales of her books actually increased. So this has been the opposite of cancellation. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you're powerful enough, it's it's hard to to cancel you unless you're doing crimes, it would seem. Right, right. You know, I read your story about this recently, and you talked about empathy in this. And I feel like that's something that sometimes gets lost a little bit. Sometimes the argument gets really dumbed down into something that sometimes is very binary and and really watered down. Both sides turn into caricatures of the other. And I am curious, like, what role can empathy play in these cancel culture wars? Because at some point, it almost feels like no side is arguing in good faith anymore. Right. I think that's the key factor. Are we having these debates in good faith or are we just looking to one-up each other and essentially score points over each other in order to pursue our own agenda? Increasingly, people on all sides of the political spectrum feel very frustrated by what is perceived to be this increasing polarization and this increasing lack of nuance in our ideological discourse. And it creates this space, especially on social media, where everything is heightened and intensified to begin with, right? I think many people feel the discourse becomes less about understanding your point of view and more about, like, attacking you and and accusing you of things, whether or not that's accurate. And I think that's part of why this whole conversation is so frustrating for so many people. The internet, not a great place for nuance. (laughs) What a surprise. Well, well, thanks so much for being here and talking to us. My pleasure, as always. Asia Romano is an internet culture reporter at Vox, and you can find them on Twitter at Asia Romano. I'm Emily Stewart, and this is Tell Me More. 
Our producer is Sophie Lalonde. You can find more stories from Vox in the Vox Quick Hits feed wherever you get your podcasts. What else do you want to learn about? Email us at tellmemore at voxmedia.com.